Yo, what's up? Good evening, besties. How's it going? This is a different setting for the Waking Up Thoughtcast. This is the going to sleep, winding down Thoughtcast. And I am your host, Mellow Amy K. A mood you will often not hear me in, because usually by the time the night is done, I don't want to talk anymore. Can you believe it? But here I am, yapping my face off, doing the wind down thing, listening to some chill tracks so I can bring myself down just a few notches so I can get in bed and get comfortable and have a good sleep, hopefully. You know what I'm saying? Because you know what happens with me every time I try to sleep? Every time I try to sleep, what happens is my brain is like, <laughs> I don't think so. But I have been kind of being aware of how late in the night I have caffeine or anything that could keep me awake. And also, water helps. And also, not eating for a couple hours before I go to sleep. That's a big help, too. I can... I feel like I'm not digesting. I don't get it, people. And I do this too sometimes. And it's usually after I've smoked a bunch and I'm like, fuck it, whatever. Where I'll eat and then I'll feel tired and lethargic and go to bed. And man, your body is not supposed to do that. I do not think you're supposed to eat and go to bed. I actually think that's super bad for you. It's got to be awful for your body to not digest food or to be digesting while you sleep, which to be honest with you, I'm not sure how that goes. I'm not sure if your body digests. There must be something that doesn't happen because the rest of your body is kind of shut down while you're sleeping and there's rest and stuff happening. At least I would imagine so. You know what I'm saying? So, I'll show my friends. I find it better to not eat so much before bed. I find it better to just relax. Oh, just relax and go to bed on empty stomach. It's a good rule. It's a good rule to have. And then I feel tired. I work out. I come home. I eat. I wait. While I shower, I wait. And then I chill. We keep it chill. We relax. That's what we do. It's a Tuesday night. It's been quite mellow. It was a really hot day today, and I gotta tell you, so enjoyable. I had a good day today. A little bit of a panic attack earlier in the day, but luckily I'm surrounded by problem solvers. I tend to freak out over stupid little shit. And, like I said, I'm just lucky I've got a system around me that tells me to chill out. Because if I didn't, I probably have a lot more of those itty-bitty little panic attacks. Now, I feel lucky because I've never actually experienced a real panic attack. The way I've had it described to me by a couple of friends who have had it is that it just, there's nothing you can do. It feels like a big, giant crisis. 
you get heart palpitations, your body starts to overheat. Like my girlfriend, when she got one, she was telling, she's like, it felt like my brain was overheating. And that is such a terrifying feeling. Like, never mind if it's actually happening, which is horrific. It is so bad for your fucking brain. I can't remember what disease it is that heats your brain. Was it meningitis? Maybe it was mono. I can't remember which one it was. But if your brain starts to overheat, it's basically melting in your body. There's That's a crude way of putting it. And it's definitely not good for it. And it can cause some very bad damage. I think often it leads to death. So just the feeling of your brain burning up is freaky. That freaks me out. Fevers freak me out though too. Because I feel like that. It just feels like my head is on fire. So I start to freak out. I'm like, ah, shit. Ah, shit. My brain gonna melt. Is it gonna come pouring out of my ears and my nose? Isn't it so crazy that back in the day, during the times of the Egyptian pharaohs and mummifying and all this stuff, that they would stick a long sort of apparatus up your nose and they would hammer it in there and like pull your brain out? (laughs) Oh my god, the things that the ancients used to do are so wild, aren't they? Oh, I want to like, I wish I had my phone. I'd be sitting here looking up ancient Egypt stuff because it's so damn cool. There was a time back in the day where I was so obsessed with ancient Egypt. I wanted to know about all the legends and all the stories and all the cool stuff. All the cool stuff, sick stuff, neat stuff. You know what I mean? But watch out for that slick stuff, though. You might slip on it, all right? I'm telling you. Your best bet is either the cool stuff or the neat stuff. The slick stuff is for the special people. The special people who know how to navigate on the slick stuff. But if you don't, don't do it. It's kind of like... You know how a slug leaves behind a trail and it's really nasty and slimy? Yeah, it's like a lot of that. That's what slick stuff is. Ain't no rest for the wicked and only the wicked can play with slick stuff. Alright? Alright. Where was I? I was talking about ancient Egypt. It always used to interest me, especially when I was younger, because I totally believed in the idea of ghosts and I totally believed in the idea of oh my god these pyramids are perfectly positioned and the reason that they're positioned to line up with these stars in Orion's belt is because the Egyptians believed that when the the pharaoh was mummified and then put in a sarcophagus and put in a specific spot in that tomb that his spirit or something would shoot up into the sky or whatever the story was whatever is the lore i remember no more okay however i always thought that shit was so cool i'm like whoa what if that's really the way to the afterlife used to play around with these ideas when i was like i don't know 12 13 years old maybe 14 kind of 15 that was kind of the era of the egyptian interest i always like the hieroglyphs it always used to trip me out when joe rogan would talk about the pyramids and how man it's like impossible they carried these fucking blocks from here to here and it was so far and it's heavier than this and this (laughs) Ah, Joe Rogan. He's so funny. I love when he gets excited and he used to talk about conspiracies and stuff. He would just get super into it. You know what I'm saying? 
It was a lot of fun watching him do that. It's a lot of fun watching people be really into something. So I was telling my friend earlier tonight, like a couple of days ago, I re-listened to the Joe Rogan experience with him and Cornell West. And Cornell West definitely has like a very woo, a very air, an air of woo, an aura of woo. Okay. And I get it. But there's also something about him that's incredibly charming. And it's that he's so, he seems so, he's so soulful. You know what I mean? He was talking about, we got to stop chasing pleasure. We all like pleasure, but it can't be the only thing we chase. And like, we've got to stop titillating our bodies. We gotta, we gotta stir our souls. And I was listening to that and it gave me the goosebumps. And I was like, shit, he's right though. You know what I mean? We need more like fulfilling things, more art, more music, more stuff that just, oh, it stirs your soul. You know, he's talking about, like, old-school artists. Now, I think there really is just, like, a generation gap with the whole music thing because, I mean, I'm not saying I listen to freaking Ludacris and get that feeling, but, like, EDM is something that I don't fully understand, but Dead Mouse makes me understand a little bit of that because, as I was explaining in the last ThoughtCast... There are just certain sounds and frequencies and combinations thereof that create a reaction in my body, right? Like, there's a build in the beginning, and then it leads you into the song. And the music and the tones of the music are kind of like a narrative. They have a beginning, a middle, an end, and it's just, I don't know, I just like Dead Mouse, okay? So there's, no, there's not a lot of vocals in a lot of his tracks, and I like that. It's good for repetitive tasks. It's good for killing a lot of time because a lot of the songs are six to ten minutes. But there's just something about the way that he makes it sound that's very enjoyable. So I listen, I enjoy, and I understand that. I feel like that kind of stirs my soul in a way that I can't really describe. But I like that terminology, you know. We know there's no such thing as a soul, but we know that he's talking about a very specific feeling. It's like a, it's something in us. It's like an essence of you that you refer to, or we refer to as soul. And it's so true. Like things that fulfill you. I don't even know, you know, things that aren't just empty, not just empty things. Hmm. Oh my gosh, I almost choked on that. I almost choked on that water. I wonder what's happening. Somebody fucking with me? What's happening? So, re-listening to Cornell West. And I just, I love that. I like the idea that the world isn't just blah. You know, there are so many magical things about being alive and about being around And sometimes you need the kind of people who are way far out there to remind you that don't lose sight of the fact that there's a little bit of magic. There are, there's magic wherever you want to find it. And there's nothing wrong with enjoying it. You know what I mean? The, the most magical thing is just the idea of life around us. And that's a magic that I've kind of like acclimated to, right? Like, oh my gosh, look at all this amazing life around us. Look at all the, Look at what a single cell organism, 
a single-celled organism has produced. Look what has come of something so simple, such complexity, such beauty. It's magic. It's magical. And it's very difficult to deny that it is. It's just awesome, you know? And I'm not the type of person who wants to go all the way and be like, oh, everything is magic, because I certainly don't think that. But there are certainly very magical aspects to this thing that we call life, and it shouldn't be forgotten. And sometimes it's interesting just to have those weird little believies, you know, like when you have like a deja vu feeling or when you when you were a kid and you used to believe in phantasmagorical things, you know, it was crazy. It was so much fun. And sometimes it's fun just to do it again. Whoa, something smells really weird from outside. Like there's burning. I might just be tripping, but that's really not a good smell. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Huh. I don't know what that is, but I am a little bit afraid. So I'll monitor that for a few minutes. And if it gets worse, I'm going to have to end this in such an abrupt and unfortunate way with high stress. But I'm hoping that I won't leave you with that stress. I'm hoping that I can leave you chill. Because that's what the plan was tonight. Actually, I didn't even have a plan. You know what it was? I was like, I don't know what I want to talk about. I don't know what I want to say. I just feel and I just want to talk. I just feel like talking right now. So that's what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to say, yo, what's up, YouTube? What's up, Internet? What up, people? What up, world? And then I'm going to be like, hey, yo. I hope you know that it's pretty all right to be human and you don't got to be weird about it and you can enjoy a little bit of magic here and there without feeling like you're some crazy delusional person. I mean, I think I've talked about it before, but we're all delusional in our own ways. And you know what? I don't think we would even be able to survive without some delusion operative because remember, like, why would the will to survive the will to survive even exist? If you were unable to deny your mortality every day, there would be no will to live because you know you're going to die. But that's something that you don't think about. All your brain is geared to do is survive and not think about dying. So that is one way in which, in which denial and delusion has utility. And there are many other ways in which it does. And there are obviously exorbitant ways in which it it acts, and uh, I, I like to be aware of that and temper that, but nigga, let me have some magic. Let me have a little bit of sparkle, okay? Let me have some metaphorical glitter to shine this place up, because all these motherfuckers be running around here trying to make it dark. They're trying to throw shade at you. They're trying to throw their darkness at you, and I'm just not having it. So when shit like that's around all the time, I'm like, you know what? I want to listen to somebody like Cornell West. I want to listen to somebody like somebody who has things to say that are going to stir my soul. And that's totally what he did. And you know what? It was awesome. Earlier today, I was listening to a lecture, one of Jordan Peterson's lectures, and it was called 
treat yourself as if you're somebody you value. And it's about two hours. I think it was a, it was actually a, a presentation or a show type thing that he did in Toronto. And it's so good. You know, it, it's so unfortunate that he's hated a lot for the religious aspect of his work. And I know that I definitely had a hate on for him for that for a little while. I mean, that was due to a lot of things. I was really jilted with him. There were just influences from the people that I was hanging out with at the time. And it made me unreasonable. You know, unreasonable people tend to make you unreasonable. You are who you hang out with. But let's put it that way, you know. And I, I jumped into the spot where I was reacting very unreasonably. And... uh the man has so much utility, you know, he's very knowledgeable when it comes to clinical psychology, he's very knowledgeable when it comes to ways to train your brain to, to figure out how to get where you need to go to figure out a plan to articulate yourself the way that he even I mean, the crying definitely a bit much. It's like, all right, Peterson, chill out. But like, I get it. He's very, he's very emotionally charged. And I think that is what makes him so effective, you know? That's why people like him. Because what he's saying, the things he's trying to tell people, he's saying that shit with heart. He's saying that shit genuinely. Any of the please help yourself stuff, get it together, clean your room, hold yourself responsible for your shit so you can be an actualized human person so that you can be useful in a crisis and not be somebody who adds to crisis so you can help the people who need you so you can be dependable so you can be somebody who is useful and in turn that useful feeling is going to make you feel rewarded as a person because you're adding value to yourself you're adding value to other people's lives and that's what it's about and he articulates himself well in that certain area in that particular respect when it comes to the psychological stuff yes i feel like he gets a little obfuscaty and a little bit twisty and turny when it comes to the religion and the metaphor stuff though i do loosely understand exactly what he's trying to say he's he's really referring to the the associative mechanism via which our brain operates and that's fine it gets a little bit muddied when he tries to bring in the symbology just because we understand that things are important. We understand we use different words and languages to explain similar concepts. But I think he just kind of confuses that bit a little more than it needs to be confused. But if you can discern that, and if you really listen to the things he's saying about mental health and what you can do to feel better, that kind of stuff, it's incredibly useful. There's so much utility to it, and it is worth listening to and again, he's one of those people for me too. Recently, I'm, I'm glad I'm getting back into him that it makes me see things and makes me want to do the things he recommends. And like, I'm still not a big fan of like the super crazy hand gestures, but I'm an asshole. Why am I even saying that? Because I'm so animated myself. I do it too. 
I wave my hands around and I talk. And you know what? When you see people do that, it is an effective way to communicate socially. It makes what you're saying bigger. You know, it makes people remember the way people move physically when they're talking can really help other people retain information or remember it. And I think I just had a hard on to hate him so bad at the time. And I'm glad to say that I'm stepping back. It just seems so weird to spend that much energy to be negative towards somebody when at the end of the day, Dude, everybody's just living their life. You know what I mean? Like, I've been talking to my friend recently about Hassan Piker, too. It's like, how much energy can you spend on one person? So what? He's stupid. So what? We all know this. Is it surprising that somebody like that is going to behave the way they behave? Not really. Isn't it more insane to react to somebody like that when you know and understand the kind of person that is? When you can easily predict their behavior who gives a shit? That's boring. It's fucking boring, dude. It's boring to, to pick on the same people and talk about them all the time when they're doing the same thing all the time. Point it out all you want. It's not changing anything. It's not doing anything, you know? So from like a personal standpoint, I don't want to hold any of those kind of grudges even against people I don't like, especially people who are just such a wellspring of information. You know, there was a time where I really didn't like Tucker Carlson, too. There were a million other people that I didn't like or I found unfavorable that were actually really fucking cool and have aspects of themselves that are that are good and things that I like. And if there's more of those things, things that you like about a person, fuck all the things you don't like. If they're a true asshole, whatever, you don't need to pay attention. But, you know. People are people, and they're going to do people things, and that's just how it goes, and that's motherfucking all right. Everybody just needs to take a chill pill, myself included. I don't want to sit here and be hating on someone like Jordan Peterson, you know? He's somebody who has brought a lot of knowledge and information to my life that has helped me. And psychology is one of my biggest interests, human behavior, psychology. I love that stuff. It's interesting to me. And he is a great clinical psychologist. And you can just tell by the way that he talks about it. And his understanding of cognition and the way people think, there's a reason he is where he is. And it's very difficult to hate on somebody who has worked so hard and made themselves in this position, put themselves in this position... It just doesn't make sense. It just seems kind of petty to hate on people that are successful. You know what I mean? They got there somehow. They did something. They did something you weren't willing to do, you know, that I wasn't willing to do or I'm not willing to do. And that's why they, they are there. It's good to acknowledge that. Just keep yourself grounded with that shit. You don't want to get carried away throwing negative shit out into the world. Fix yourself, you know, fix yourself. And it really does feel good. It feels good to treat yourself the way he recommends. I think that was his podcast that I was listening to. It's very sweet, actually. His podcast, his daughter, I think, puts it together. She records an intro for him, and she like keeps the audience up on how the family's doing and stuff. It's, it's very like nice and personal, and it feels genuine. And I like that shit. 
I like knowing how people are doing, and I'm sure a lot of people want to know what's going on with him and all this stuff, right? It's just, it's kind of cool. It's a cool insight. It was like hearing Sam Harris and his wife for the first time talking. That That is an insight that's very rare. I've never seen those two together. But listening to them together was such a wonderful experience. It was one of those magical experiences where you're like, now listen to these two human beings. Just You can just feel how in love they are by listening to them talk to each other, the way they make each other laugh, the way that they, oh, just everything, you know? Is there anything more fulfilling than a successful relationship? I don't think there is, and I think that's why I seek that, you know? It takes work. And if you find someone who's willing to put in the work, that's awesome. That's what we all need, because it feels good. Because if people are putting in work, it shows they value not only themselves, they value you, and they value the relationship. It's all about value. This is a word I hear thrown around a lot by people like this. Value, by, by successful people. Value. They bring value. What value does what you're doing have? Does it bring something to somebody? Does it bring them something positive? Does it bring them something that will enhance their day? Does it bring them something that is going to make them feel connected and not alone or what have you? What is the value? And hey, if you want to slap a price tag on that bitch, that's fine too. Because this is the world we live in. And money talks and that's all right. So what do we do? If we value something, we put money on it, right? We pay for it. We buy it. We support it. That's what you do if you appreciate something and you appreciate what someone is doing. Right? Right. That was a tangent. But I felt like it was a good one. (laughs) Well, my friends, after that, after that, that smell has disappeared. It, it, I don't even know what that was. It's like some, some kind of gas or something. Ooh, I don't even know, my friends. But anyway, I am going to wind down for the next half an hour. I hope that you've had a nice and enjoyable Tuesday. I had a great day today. It was fantastic. The weather was beautiful. Things could not have gone any better. You know what I mean? There was a little hubbubs here and there, but that's life. And as long as you can take a deep breath and just chill the fuck out for a minute, you'll figure it out. Just give yourself some time. Practice a little bit of patience. Breathe. It's all okay. All right? It's not the end of the world. And I'm telling me that more than I think you need to hear it. But my suspicion is you probably need to hear it too. So with that being said, thanks for listening. I hope you have a good night. If you need to find me, everything is in the description. Please note that video versions of the ThoughtCast will be uploaded a few times a week. And if you would like those... 
You are welcome to go to Patreon. It's $5 a month. I figured I would streamline it and make it easy. If that's something you're interested in, it's available. All right, just check it out. Check it out if it's something you want to do. Support your local thoughts. Support your internet thoughts. Support the cool bitches, okay? We are a rare breed. And you should support the cool bitches. You should. Why wouldn't you? Hmm? Put that male feminism to task, alright, bitches? And support the girls who are awesome. <laughs> alright. We'll chat soon. Good night. Bye.